Premier League champions head to Kenilworth Road for the second time this season on Tuesday night when Manchester City are the visitors to take on Luton Town in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Alongside me to preview the game, as always, the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe. Jimbo, you ready to slay the giant of all giants? Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound very confident, does it? Come on, you ass. We'll look at the game after this intro. Welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. As I said before the intro, we are previewing the FA Cup fifth round tie against Manchester City at Kenorth Road, Tuesday night, 8pm. If you haven't got a ticket for this one and you're in the UK, ICV1 is your destination for this game if you want to watch it live. James, they've obviously already been here. Uh, this season, Man City, but they didn't get the full Kenny experience, did they? That was a Sunday afternoon with the sun shining. This is going to be nice under the floodlights. For the second time in three years, the club world champions are in town. Gave Chelsea a good run for our money three years ago. Can we go one better and take this lot out? <laughs> the big questions, eh? Uh, it's going to be tough. Um, I've just come off the back of playing Liverpool, arguably the most informed side based on that performance and second half one. So playing Man City, who, um, you know, had their noses slightly put out of joint in the same way at the Kenny earlier in the season. Um, I think Luton are a different side since then. Um, that was sort of the beginnings of this side they're currently turning into. Um, albeit that Elijah may not feature. We wait to hear on that. And Sambi and, and Doughty as well, I suppose, will come on to those. But um, I think also Manchester City are better as well. They seem to always be better after the turn of the year. And now they've got De Bruyne and Haaland back. And Doku didn't play last time. So whether they do this time remains to be seen. But um, yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? They're not bad. Yeah, obviously the current FA Cup holders... They've got to be beaten at some point, haven't they? And I do believe if we were going to beat Manchester City in this competition, this is it. This is the last midweek round. The rest of them are all, well, the next one's um, over daytime and then we're off to Wembley. And as much as I love this club, us beating Manchester United at Wembley, sorry, Manchester City, excuse me, at Wembley does seem um, a little far-fetched, I have to say. If we're going to get them, we're going to get them on our patch under the floodlights and that magical atmosphere that we always create. But are we going to get the full force of Manchester City in terms of team selection, James? And I say that because on this occasion, I mean, we mentioned in the Liverpool Review podcast the way that they had 36 hours on us. Well, we've got an absolute clean go at this six days since we played Liverpool. They play Bournemouth on Saturday after, sorry, Saturday evening. They've got the 5.30 kickoff away to Bournemouth. Not the easiest trip of all time. Um, so they've got to negotiate that. After that, on the Sunday, they've got 
small matter of a Manchester derby, which the way Manchester United have suddenly come to life, uh, it might be a more competitive game than it might have been, say, a month ago. They're still not completely through in the Champions League. I think they'll see Copenhagen off, don't get me wrong. And they're not too far in the distance. They've got a juicy little clash with Liverpool in the um, Premier League, which might go all the way to deciding the the destination of the title. So something surely has to give at some point, if not to everyone, certainly to one or two. And I'm thinking Haaland in particular here, who's only just back from injury himself, and maybe Doku, as you just mentioned. Might it be that we get a similar side to the side that they put out down here in the league game where really for an hour there wasn't a great deal between the two sides? I hope so. It'd be more preferable than those three players playing because um, they are exceptional. They are some of the... I mean, Doku is only having his first season with Man City, but he's been impressive at the beginning of that. But Haaland and De Bruyne are, are world-class. Um, and if if they're not up for... Ballon d'Or's in the coming years, I'd be very surprised, but particularly Haaland, but De Bruyne is different gravy as well. So um, I'm not one of those that particularly wants to see them in the flesh. <laughs> I'm not that, not that bothered at all. Um, I want the I want the team that came down last time, but then again, they were pretty tasty as well. At the time, we were crowing about Phil Foden as being one hell of a footballer, um, and Grealish had a decent game as well, and you know, even though they were missing Haaland through injury, they still had a World Cup winning striker playing on their side. So it's not like they're a bunch of mugs. So um, the, the the weaker they want to play it, the better. But they're still exceptional. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm really not bothered about seeing Haaland. But there is a part of me that wants to see if Barkley can do De Bruyne because he's done the rest of this midfield, hasn't he? He controlled Rodri, he controlled Bernardo Silva. I can't remember all everyone that they had in there but obviously Phil Foden was another one you know he ran that that midfield so if he can do if he can tick De Bruyne to his list as well that would be kind of lovely but I'm very much of the sort of opinion and this is going to get trotted out so much ahead of the game and of course we're doing this um, long before Rob's um, press conference which will take place on Monday but it's going to be that thing oh do we lose and concentrate on the league no bollocks do we we give this everything we've got we are four wins away from their fake up win and um all the benefits that come with it. And if it just so happens that that comes to the detriment of the league, then so be it. But so, yeah, I'll, I'll be more than happy if De Bruyne isn't playing, but there is a part of me that would love to see that battle in midfield, De Bruyne against Barkley. Um, okay. Oh, you on your own then. I mean, I'd like to see Barkley. Um... How about I see it for five minutes? <laughs> Bring him on on that 85 minutes, Pep. Okay. Well, I'll give you that one. Yeah. No, he is, <clears throat> he is some player. He, he really is um, as good as Barkley is at the moment and the season he's having he's been doing it at the elite level of football for for years really how Chelsea let him go in the first place I don't know because he's gone away to Germany and come back um, <clears throat> much much a different player and he's he's exceptional he only had to see that first game back after his injury he came on and he was he was the difference and um a lot of the time you're talking about players need to get back up to speed after they've been out for such a long time through injury. But um, I suppose if you're the sort of quarterback player that Kevin De Bruyne is, I mean, that's not all he is, but <laughs> that's one of his main strengths. You can just ping balls of exceptional quality here and there and you've got world-class strikers, once-in-a-generation strikers, World Cup winners. 
English forwards that should really be always in the England side but aren't because Gareth Southgate's a bit of a silly boy. Um, yeah, it's it's there's a lot to aim at. Yeah, there is. Um, at least, and I'm not going to portray this as anything other than a tough night at the office. Is obviously going to be that if we can catch a couple of sort of supposedly weaker versions of Manchester City players uh, in much the same way that we did against Liverpool and allowed us to lead them for 44 minutes, then you just don't know. This time we'll have the crowd behind us and we'll give, be giving it that second half experience that we copped full pelt at Anfield. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've convinced me then. We'll just see De Bruyne just for a few minutes. Um if 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 well, if we do see him just for a few minutes, then it's obviously going very, very well, isn't it? Because if they're two or three to the good, they're not going to bring him on. So that would be a compliment to us, really. Yeah, it will be. Um maybe they could just bring him out for the warm-up and he can take a session or something. You can see him then. <laughs> Shooting practice. There you go. That, that would do. I mean, you called him world class a minute ago, and you're right. He's, he's actually universe class, isn't he? Uh, for me, he's the best player on the planet right now. And taking away the fact that Ronaldo and Messi are past their peak, obviously, when they're at the peak, they were significant. I, I think De Bruyne is absolutely fantastic. He's even got great bloody hair as well, hasn't he? I mean, there's nothing wrong with this bloke. It's um, and then of course Harland. I mean, Jesus. Like you say, even if they haven't got Haaland, it's Alvarez. I mean, the fellow Oscar Bob, even he suddenly appeared out of nowhere in the last couple of months as well. So if it's not Doku, it might be him. We don't know the situation with Jack Grealish. He's been out injured recently, hasn't it? But the one thing you'll say about this City side is they give you chances. Chelsea could have had a lot more than what they did have against them last weekend. Generally, teams do score. I know Brentford didn't score against them on Tuesday night, last Tuesday night. But generally, teams do have a chance against them. And we, you know, obviously we scored against them at our place and had another couple of sort of sniffs and things. So we know we're going to get chances. It's just, obviously, we might have to repel quite a few quite a few attacks. Um, but if, yeah, if they have got their eyes on other things, that's going to make it competitive at the very least. Absolutely. It's going to have to be one of those where Luton play to their maximum again and they have an off day or, um, or something of that ilk that takes them from their usual exceptional standards to something a bit below. Um, you, you can't go toe-to-toe with them. Um, and, and as that showed at Kenil, sorry, they had a lot of the ball. It's just they Luton shut down the spaces. The difference, I suppose, now at the moment, the last three games, defensive mistakes and lapses of concentration have crept in. They've cost... Uh, quite a few goals, really, and if you can't be doing that against Manchester City, I mean, you definitely can't do it against Haaland. But even if you give Foden um, a sniff like that, then he scored a hat trick last week, didn't he? So uh, you, you have to be absolutely top of your game. And I guess maybe, as we talked about in the last podcast, if there's going to be some learning from that Liverpool game, it is the. 100% concentration switched on all the time, even when the ball goes out. We're not necessarily going to have ball boys uh, happy to give Man City the ball back really quickly if you get it, if you knock it out into touch and stuff. But you can't go to sleep at set pieces and, and um, live to tell the tale against against Man City. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a big, big task. It was the toughest draw possible in that FA Cup when it was coming out. And um, when you're watching the draw and all the teams are going out. Coventry, Maidstone, yeah. Luton, yeah. Man City. Why that one? Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, it's not that we haven't played them this season already. We don't have to do it three times this season, do we? But um, yeah, this is the second or third. So yeah, if you're going to do it the hard way, this is the hardest way I think possible with the exception of probably Liverpool after what we saw at the weekend because, um, uh, sorry, in midweek because, wow, they were good. Yeah, I think I've referenced on this podcast before that I've said that it's all written for Luton versus Liverpool to be Klopp's last game in charge in the FA Cup final and Barkley scoring the winner. Let's scrap that. I don't want to go anywhere near that lot again. They <laughs> don't want none of that. Not again. Uh, someone else beat Liverpool, please. Don't see it happening uh, anytime soon, though, unfortunately. Um, yeah, well, one person who probably a definite starter because he hasn't been rested or dropped or he, he's getting more responsibility in this City side is Phil Foden, who was just exceptional in that league game, Daniel. I know he didn't score and I don't actually think he registered an assist either. I think it was Bernardo Silva who scored and got the assist for the other one or Alvarez got one of the assists. But he did everything but, you know, he has the quickest feet I think I've ever seen. And, um, yeah, someone's got to keep him quiet. You, you don't know where he plays, do you? He'll either play behind Alvarez or if Alvarez and Haaland are both playing, he'll play one of the two wide positions. But wherever he is, we've got to make sure we know where he is because, Jesus, he looks damn good. I mean, there's no way Gareth can't pick him in the first 11. There's just not. He's just too good. You have to pick a team and put him in it somewhere. Well, yeah, before we get to that City question, yeah, you do. Yeah, There's players that England currently have that you have to put in the side and build around them. Bellingham's one of them. Foden's another one. And any any other option is just the wrong option as far as I'm concerned. We saw that at Kenworth Road with Foden. He is speed of thought, his quickness of feet, his almost perfect ability with the ball to keep it off other people or get past you in a tight spot. The protection of the football is incredible. Yeah, we, we've not been accustomed to stuff like that before. We, we just haven't. It's not, you know, it's different. I talked about in the last podcast that playing Liverpool in that second half was almost like a different sport and it's like he's playing one as well because he is that good. So, yeah, how you pick him up, God knows, because he doesn't play in a normal role. It's a very fluid thing that he's allowed to do and he's got this freedom. Um which is very, very dangerous. I mean, Luton did um, until the equaliser closed down the spaces very well. They made it very difficult for Manchester United to play those balls through and still they got through on a couple of occasions. Um, as good as that that game was from a Luton perspective, we, we know that Luton have to ride their luck in certain areas against massive teams and that was the case on them uh, on then. So hopefully uh, the luck's with Luton again. Um, or Thomas Kaminsky played out his skin like he did. Um, if it's Kaminsky, we'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It could be cruel. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of things are going to have to go Luton's way uh, for a result. Yep, it is. Uh, let's work on the assumption that Harlan doesn't start, James. Um I mean, they've got something like eight or nine fixtures in a month from the time that he's just from the time he come back against the Brentford game. So you, you can't possibly bring someone back from near enough three months out or two months out or whatever it was, and then expect him to play all nine games. So I'm expecting this to be the one that he uh, he's a machine, though, isn't he? He's yeah, he like, is. It's but like it's just un, not unnatural, like Ivan Drago, Rocky type machine, isn't he? That he's got some weird. Um, like nutritional stuff and the things he does to, to you know, 
breathe better at night and all this stuff that has been well documented in the in the press that not um, Andros Townsend weird nutrition is it it's <laughs> it's not that weird no but it's you know it's still pretty weird yeah I mean he but I still can't see him playing every single game I, I think at best he's on the bench in this one uh, and I hope I'm right but even then Alvarez World Cup winner, like you said, playing a lot more football this season. Last season, he was in and out of the side, wasn't he? Because of Haaland and then, you know, they had other players for the other positions like Myres would be out on the right and taking that position. And Grealish was so good on the left. So there wasn't many positions, but I mean, he looked really good at Kenilworth Road as well, didn't he? And um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's another one that we've got to watch. We all thought he handballed it, didn't we, for the winning goal? And it, as yeah, it turned out, he, he didn't. didn't. And, and then rolled it on a plate for Grealish to score. So just because Haaland may or may not be there, this guy's still every bit as dangerous. And, uh, you know, whoever that centre person is in the in the defence, uh, probably will still be Osho, um, needs to keep very, very, very close tabs on him. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if you just look at it, broad brush strokes, Haaland is just a brute, isn't he? Uh, he scores all types of goals, admittedly, but it's so powerful. Whereas I think... Alvarez is a lot cuter and a clever finisher and stuff like that. You know, it's it's dangerous whichever way you slice it. He's a World Cup winner uh, and played very well in that in that tournament as well. And it'd probably be that you know at the at the top of their teams for for years to come because he's very young still. So um, yeah, he's a he's he's a very good, very very good. Um, not even a backup is he? He's just a you know if the right one don't get yeah the second one the left one will. Yeah, indeed. Um, I haven't been paid to get um, boxing references in that last five minutes, by the way. <laughs> I felt like it. With I, I was going to say, yeah, there's only Mike Tyson yeah. and Tyson Fury left, isn't there? Um, I th- the other one that I think he had a quieter game, not to say that he was quiet, but a quieter game at Kenworth Road was Rodri. But in more recent times, he seems to always be popping up on the edge of the box. He scored against Chelsea uh, last weekend albeit with a deflected shot. But he seems to be getting into positions to shoot a lot more. And if there's one thing that, you know, people can fire long-range shots in at us, we do sometimes sort of go to sleep on the edge of our box and let them fire them in. And he is very dangerous at that. So just because he's billed as the defensive midfielder, don't take your eye off him because he's got a shot on him. And um, if the ball gets rolled out to him, one of the midfielders just get out to him and, and get a block in because... He's he's starting to shoot more and more, and um, yeah, he'll be a threat. I'm pretty sure he'll definitely play. Yeah, he's much more than uh, just a defensive midfielder. I, I feel he's got a goal. I mean, he obviously scored the winner in the Champions League final, didn't he, from a similar position. I feel that that has almost now become like a signature goal for him. It almost feels like um, the England rugby team of old when Johnny Wilkinson would drop into a pocket for drop goal it's just like he's there waiting for it when it drops out and it almost always does come in the vicinity and then he's got a decent shot on him um very Lampard-esque as well although he was more sort of arriving in the box late but um yeah there's he's he's an incredible footballer isn't he um I don't watch a lot of Spanish football but he wasn't playing for one of the big two was he and they've picked out an absolute gem there yeah, they have. So they're the three that we've definitely got to watch. Obviously, we've got to watch Haaland if he plays and Doku likewise. But I think we are going to work along the assumptions that they may not play the whole game. Uh, ditto De Bruyne. Um, but if they do, whew, might be in a spot bother. Um, 
turning the attention to the home side, uh, Luton. Tim Krull's played every single FA Cup game and League Cup game this season. Uh, so from that point of view, you would imagine he would come into the side. But is this just... Sorry, mate, but we're playing Man City now. We, we need our strongest eleven possible. And ultimately, Kaminsky is playing at a level that you're not playing at at the minute. I think that's a very, very difficult situation I think because it can affect morale if you're not if he's sort of under the expectation that he'll play the cup games at very least then um, and there's not going to be many more even if Luton get through um, I think it would be harsh I'm not sure that I'm not sure Edwards is is like that in his selections I think he rewards um good play um, as we've seen with Teeth Chong recently and getting his start but I think he's I think he'd probably be quite true to his I was going to say word I don't know what the word is on, on, on them I've got no inside info on that but just that he's played cruel in the, all the cup games would strike me that he, he'd continue that I mean if we can get them to penalties and we should stress that the replays are no more in this cup we're on the day from here on in. If we can get them to penalties, we're all right. Because didn't Holland bring Tim Krul on in the World Cup just to save penalties in a penalty shootout? I'm sure it was him that they brought on. and So he must be good at saving penalties. I mean, to be fair, he hasn't particularly shown much cop of saving much in these cup games that he has played, but he's obviously better than what he's shown us. So if we can get into penalties and Tim Krul's in goal, happy days. Yeah, we, we're okay on penalties now, didn't we? After we are, that, yeah. that, I wouldn't mind that. Um, yeah. They got Darbo. No, they haven't got anyone like Darbo. Oh damn! <laughs> they haven't got anyone like him. I reckon they they've got a a whole um, squad of players that can whip it into the top corner from twelve yards. I bet their best penalty taker is Edison. Uh, he is yeah. so good with the ball at his feet, and I hope we don't. Say, well, in fact, we probably won't. Every team switches their goalkeeper in the cup, don't they? I, don't, I can't remember who their backup is, but it will be him. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me were Edison on the pitch if he came up and took like penalty one or two or something if we get it into a shootout because he does fancy himself with the ball at his feet, doesn't he? And quite rightly so, he's damn good at it. And... But they're not good at penalties though, are they? They do miss a lot of penalties. I can't remember the exact statistic, but they've gone through a lot of penalty takers anyway. And um, maybe that's our chance. Park that bus, park everything and get them to penalties and... Um, who knows? Yeah, we think Tim Krull might well um, be in goal. And that, yeah, that's fair enough. Listen, we're still not out of the woods with Kaminsky with regards to, I mean, he could get injured at any moment, but, you know, he's still got a collection of yellow cards on his ledger and we're still in the 10. Yellow, he's nowhere near 10, but it only takes a run of them if we start winning games and he gets booked for time wasting. Uh, we're still in that 10 um, yellow card vicinity for a suspension. So, you know, Krull needs game time basically in case something does happen to Kaminsky he's not going to get it in the league so it would make sense to come in this game we know we've got no Issa Kabore in this game unlike the Bundesliga where the Bayern Munich fella scored for Bayer Leverkusen against Bayern Munich in that game last week that's not happening uh, in this country may we see Mr Hashioka though down that right hand side he's got to start at some point and um, if you don't want to jump him into a Premier League game, a game with little sort of long-term knock-on effect might be the one to get him in. And um, maybe maybe we see may we see the January signing. I'm sure he'll be asked about in the press conference. And uh, that'd be lovely, actually, wouldn't it? That had a sort of extra interest in the dynamic to this game. 
yeah, you and I have both suspected that that would be his first um, shout for an instruction, and I've not wavered from that since. I think it it, it, w- it would be. It's not it's not a free hit for him. He's going to be up against a hell of a team, but it would be first Premier League experience, albeit in the cup, and it? it's going to be an elite Premier League experience. So, um, yeah, you play him at home. As well, the fans will get behind him as well. Everybody's quite keen to see what he can do. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that's a good shout for him to come in. It would also allow us to play Chio in other areas of the pitch, which we may or may not have um, cover in, particularly sort of up front. Um, as I said, we are doing this before the press conference, so we're working along the assumption that Alfie and Sambi won't be risked. I am, yeah. I don't think there's any um, point in it. Uh, I know there's the, the the weighing up of is it is the cup important or do you just kind of trade on the league and stuff? But I think when you're when you're in it, and you've got the chance. You're at home, albeit it's the hardest tie. You've still got the opportunity to go through. Um, you want to put out a decent, strong side, but at the same time, I don't think it's worth risking those two players if they were. You know, I mean, if they're go. if they're a hundred percent fit, you play them. But if they're ninety five percent fit, ninety percent fit, you don't. You no. save them for Villa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I think so. I think the doughty one. Just just looking at it with no info on it so far, I think it's more like a block challenge, which jars you. But hopefully, you'd be okay on it. The the hamstrings one. It's more of a worry because he's been out for two months with a hamstring already this season and so have a number of other yeah. players and we know how long it took to get back. If it's just a tweak, then I I would favour rest, rest, resting him against City because he's going to be so needed for the rest of the season. Yeah, impact versus, I guess, I mean, with Sambi's hamstring, it's literally just wear and tear and relentless nature of the games, isn't it? So if it's relentless nature of the games, why give him another game on top? You might as well just give him the extra three or four days to rest that. And, you know, I mean, we're due a pelly banger. So uh, stick him in and um, let him write another sort of chapter in his um, incredible history with us. Also, I suppose... The way the games have fallen, um, with the Liverpool one being the Wednesday, which is where he tweaked it, there's no game at the weekend. The Man City game comes on a Tuesday and then you've got Crystal Palace. Aston Villa. Aston Villa, sorry. <clears throat> you've got Aston Villa at the weekend after that. There's a, there's a decent amount of time there to assess it and maybe if it's not that bad, let it recover some more. I think that you, you use this opportunity where there's a bit of a break uh, to to give him the rest he needs. Yep, I would certainly agree with that. And also with regards to Alfie Doughty, it's not a great change really for Amari Bell to go and play left wing back and Reece Burke to come into whichever position, they, whichever way they work the back three out, a back three of Osho, Burke and Mengi. You know, you're not losing anything there other than a little bit of left-sided balance, but every whoever it is on that, Manchester City right is going to cut inside anyway because whether it's Bernardo Silva or whether it's uh, Foden they're both going to cut inside so we don't really need that left footed balance um, there anyway so 
yeah, maybe those two miss out. Doesn't sound particularly promising with regards to Elijah either. And his is definitely a hamstring that we know of. So again, it just makes sense. Maybe if he's okay for the bench with Elijah, then fair enough. Um, but we, you know, we, we're not sort of lacking in attacking areas, are we? We didn't actually, of all the statistics we put out in the, um, review for the Liverpool game, we didn't actually mention that Luton have broken the record now for 13 games consecutively scoring for a promoted side in the Premier League. So we're on the right, and of course, one of those is against this lot. So we're on the sort of right lines, even without um, Elijah. And I know it was Elijah who scored the goal against them, but we have got options up there, haven't we? Obviously, Corley's playing well at the minute. Carlton's playing absolutely fantastic. Andros Townsend was really good in that game as well, came off the bench against Liverpool. Maybe it's time to get him back in the starting lineup. Um and we could play Chio that further forward as well, you know, against a they defend high, don't they, Man City? If we're gonna counter attack in the way that Chelsea did, having Chio up there in the way that Raheem Sterling kept Kyle Walker. We wanted that battle, didn't we? Chio against Kyle Walker. We didn't get it because Chio was injured. Maybe it's time that we get that battle. Yeah, I hope so. Um neither of them but the fastest player anymore, though. No, they? is it Van der Ven, Nick, is Nicky it? Van der Ven yeah. clocked it, which well, we'll come I up didn't against him see that coming, to be honest. No, we'll but, come up against him a bit later yeah. and all. Um, so, yeah, it is, a, it is a battle that I would really like to see. I think everybody else would. It'd be a, um, yeah, it'd be a exciting one, that, because I think <clears throat> Chio in full flow is very exciting. And uh, I think even Liverpool and the Liverpool fans and the commentators got a good look at him yesterday when he did it a couple of times and one particular one where he knocked it past um the fullback and and, and ran onto it into a Gomez, space. wasn't it? Yep, correct. And um uh yeah if you get in those sorts of spaces then it, you know it's it's exciting for Luton. Um yeah, I hope so. I, hope it, that, I think it all hinges on whether Hashioka plays, doesn't it? Because it, it gives that option to play him further forward. I don't think he, I think he's going to be very occupied in a defensive sense if he plays further back. That's not to say he's not going to be occupied anyway in a defensive sense because they're going to, Man City are going to have a lot of the ball, but he'll be a bit further up the pitch, hopefully, doing it. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to counter-attack, aren't we? You just said we're not going to have much of the ball. We, yeah, we'll probably try and be our brave side, go three on three on the back and all of this that we've been doing recently. But we are ultimately still going to have to do it from slightly deeper. So having Chio a little bit further up the pitch to influence influence the game uh, will do no harm. Um, certainly if Townsend's in the side as well, you know, it just adds a little bit more sort of experience and balance to proceedings and it'll be interesting to see how Townsend and Hashioka work down that right hand side if indeed Hashioka does start the game so yeah we're expecting a kind of changed Luton side for this but not necessarily a dramatically weaker one I mean obviously any Luton side without Sambi Laconga in it is weaker um, but not to the extent that we sort of changed it against Exeter or against Bolton or you know because we left Sambi out uh, in the res- in the uh, replay of that tie so um much changed Luton side, but still a side that's more than good enough to hold its own and be competitive. And then it's for the crowd to do their thing, really. Who do you think comes in if Sambi doesn't play then? Because last time they came down, it was Nakamba. He played a very disciplined role, as we know he can. Um, the options, I suppose, would be Chia, um, Pelly or Clark to do it. What would you reckon? 
Yeah, I you, you're gonna get you're gonna have to get around the grass. Oh, yeah, that's it's as simple as that. You know, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to be disciplined, and we're gonna have to get around the grass. So for me, I'd go Clark. Love Pelly to bits, and he brings so much, but not always the most disciplined. Uh, gets around the pitch absolutely fine. Don't get me wrong; of course he does. But I just think Clark's got that little bit more sort of discipline, and, and he's also got comfort on the ball, a lot more comfort on the ball than Pelly again. And no disrespect to Pelly, when we do get the ball, we're gonna have to keep it for as long as we possibly can. So I, I just, I just like Clark in that role a, a bit, uh, and it just, and I also think Clark will just allow, allow Barkley to go and kind of cover him a little bit more. So yeah, Clark for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I think um, you're right in, in the sense of <clears throat> trying to beat that press or that that relentlessness that they're forward showing, trying to get the ball back quickly, that um, if you're asking somebody to do what Samby did against Liverpool in that situation where he had two players on him and he was the last man and he came away from it expertly, then I think Clark probably does that a lot better. And you mentioned right at the start of this podcast, defensive laps or concentration laps or anything like that are a no-no against this lot. And I think that's where Pelly does sometimes struggle to get to the speed of the competitiveness of the game. Sometimes he's like thinking about what he's going to do, whereas you haven't got time to think about what you do against these elite sides. They're on you before you've even started thinking, let alone the time that you are thinking. And I think he's just, he's still coming to grips with that part and he will do because he's done it in every other league and that's absolutely fine. But I think Clark's just a little bit further ahead in that sort of sphere. So yeah, for me, Clark, and I think for you as well. So we're looking at a team somewhere along the lines of Krull, going from left to right, Bell, Burke, Osho, Mengi, Hashioka, Barkley, of course, uh, Clark, Chio, Morris, Woodrow, or Chio, Morris, Townsend, depending on whether you put Morris up top and um, somewhere along that sort of vicinity. Yeah, I mean, it'd be harsh on Woodrow to come out again, <clears throat> but... um for the experience that Townsend's got and the way he played against them in the other game, then yeah, I wouldn't, I, I think I'd probably go Townsend there. Again, he just holds the ball. When you get the ball, you've got to keep it because mm-hmm. if they have it for 90 minutes, it's a long, 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 long night of the office, whether we've had six days or six weeks to prepare for it. Um, a long night at the office. So yeah, I, I would kind of go Townsend. I would save Chong for this one and hope that we get them in, to, into the deeper levels of the game where Townsend started to sort of fade a little bit and then we bring Chong on on the hour mark much in the way that we did when Liverpool were in town uh, earlier in the season we brought Chong on didn't we with half an hour to go or whatever and we all know how um, that went so that's kind of how we see the team how do we get at this lot well I suppose we showed how we got at this lot first time round, didn't we they had Gavardiol at left back we didn't he's not going to be at left back this time because I'm pretty sure I read somewhere he's out injured for two weeks but they do still operate centre-backs at left back he's got this thing hasn't he Pepe he revolutionises the game and now all of a sudden centre-backs are the new left backs and things like that probably Nathan Ake is any of them Dan Byrne (laughs) if they want to sign sign (laughs) Dan Byrne that would be absolutely bloody lovely or Joe Gomez for that matter um Whoever it is at left back, whether it whether it is Gavardiol, whether it's Nathan Ake, whether it's a Kanji, whether it's a someone that we don't hurt don't know so much of, that's probably the area, isn't it? Because whether Chio's up against Carl Walker or not, Carl Walker's damn good at what he does. Diaz is pretty good. 
And if it stones alongside Diaz, well, good luck going <laughs> going in that direction. So it has to all be fed down that right-hand side. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's where some da- so the damage got done for the Luton goal, wasn't it, against them? Um, uh, so I'd, I'd be happy with that again. I, I do kind of, I, I think Ake is quite an uh, underrated player, to be fair. Um I mean, I say that with all due respect. He's, they're all very good. They're all absolutely fantastic. And the fact that Pep plays him as much as he does, and he's an international player, speaks volumes for his talent there. But I think he's um, quite underrated, so I'd prefer it if it was one of the others. Um, but still, uh, you've got to utilise that pace um, as much as you can. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they have... Um, I was going to say, I was going to say we'll see if they've learned from that but I, we're different aren't we we are uh, yeah Luton are different but also Man City Liverpool Arsenal they're just going to play the way they want to play um and you, it's up to you to try and disrupt that and not to say I don't think they'll know all about Luton's players that that doesn't strike me as a possibility given um Guardiola's you know, control freakery over everything, and it's across everything. <laughs> he's across everything, isn't he? Him and his uh, staff. But in playing the way they want to play, maybe that does open up that space there. Um, and if it does, you've got to exploit it. And the other thing we need to do is we need to get Ross Barkley driving at this defence. Uh, if we can get him the other side of Rodri, which is easier said than done particularly if Sambi isn't alongside him. But if we can get him the other side of Rodri, that's the thing about Rodri, he doesn't have pace. So he'll either foul um, Barkley and get in the book, which will be handy because that would stop him from doing it again. Or he'll let him go and go at the defence and that's where you get joy. When you go at this defence, we see it from all the goals that they tend to concede. When you go at this defence with runners, which Barkley will have either side of him, uh, then we can have Joy. He uh, he had that one in the game against us, didn't he? Where he turned out of their box of four and went on goal and just fizzed a shot just wide of the post. So we kind of those kind of movements we need a lot more of in this game. We do, and if they're on the back foot in any way, I, I, I've got a, that's a gut feeling. That's all it is. But I've got got a gut feeling that Barkley's got a long ranger in him coming up soon, and so they want to step off a little bit. Um, in recent games, he's been looking to do it. And there just hasn't been the space, but the the fact that he's eyeing it up says to me that he's going to nail one soon and it'd be a good time to do it. Absolutely it would. Yep. As I say, second time in three years, the world champions have come to town. It was in this round as well that Chelsea came to town last time round. We rested an awful lot more players than I expect us to rest against this lot. So let's hope we're more competitive. We will conclude the podcast as we always do with a score prediction. Neither of us were close on um, Wednesday. Um, let's hope we get a bit closer here. Luton Town versus Manchester City. How does it end? Uh, 2-2 after extra time and Luton win on penalties. I mean, what a night that would be. It would be incredible. Do I have to give you a score on penalties? Or no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. Any win on penalties. Uh, as long as it's a little quicker than the shootout at Wembley. Because the longer that went on, I was getting up towards my knuckles for nail biting <laughs> yeah. not not just the nails so yeah that's good Desmond and then penalties for Jimbo as well, I say it does conclude on the night here so don't toddle off early if it's level because you will miss extra time and potentially penalties uh, 2-1 Luton for me um, I've just got this feeling I've, we've said it all season that we're going to claim a scalp we're probably not claiming the scalp away from home 
So this is pretty much the last time that that major, major scalp can happen. Yeah, they're bloody hard to beat. They're a damn good side. But the Kenny can be everything that we want it to be. You just have to think back to the Brighton game. Uh, We've had enough rest for this one. We're fresh enough. We'll give it everything. 2-1 Luton. I'd love it. 2-1 Luton will do me. We were 2-1 up on Chelsea, weren't we, in that game? We were, yeah. And then we just tired completely. I don't think we'll tire to that extent this time around. We're a lot fitter and we're a lot better. So uh, let's go with that. 2-1. Harry Cornick's going to come back and score. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you put your money on that, you can just kiss goodbye to it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he'll be there. I don't think Jack Grealish is there. I think he's injured. Maybe Harry Cornick can be Jack Grealish for the night. Well, that'd be good. No, he won't be scoring. Well, <laughs> well, he did score that night, though, to be fair, against Chelsea. Uh, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, let us know your score predictions. You've got an awful lot more time to let us know your score predictions for this one. Um, can Luton do what many will think is the impossible? Can we take the FA Cup from Pep Guardiola. Obviously, they did the treble and everything last year, but it was Nathan Jones, don't forget, who stopped the quadruples. So, Luton, all we need to do, someone give the former gaffer a bell. How do we do it? And uh, jobs are good. And- <laughs> yeah, any advice, uh, greatly, greatly received. Absolutely, indeed, yeah. Uh, most of all, though, enjoy the night. These are the nights that we all dream of as football fans. Fifth round of the FA Cup, placing the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, at which point we would be one game from Wembley, one win from Wembley is at stake here. And, uh, and loads we, of big teams out. Out of the way. And going. There would literally only be Liverpool of the top four left in the competition if we take care of Man City. And even they're not guaranteed because they've still got their own tie uh, to come through themselves. We are live on national television on Tuesday night. Give everyone watching on the full Kenny experience. I'm sure you will do. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. As I say, keep those uh, score predictions coming in. Do keep subscribing to our YouTube channel. These podcasts are going to be coming regularly with all of the midweek games that we have coming up in March and things like that. So we don't want you to miss any of them. And if you subscribe, you'll get a notification when each podcast drops. Do remember that the Trust Annual Quiz is on the 5th of March, one week on from this Manchester City game. Tickets are still available, but they are going quickly. So do make sure you get yours if you want to be at the Eric Morecambe on Tuesday, the 5th of March. James, thanks for sitting alongside me and previewing this one. Here's hoping it's a fantastic night of the Kenny. It's all set up to be. Fingers crossed. Yeah, come on absolutely thanks to the Hightown Club for hosting our studio as always to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for our intro music and to Ed Smith Creative for all the designs you see on set until next time which will be the review of what we hope will be an epic epic night of football at Kenworth Road come on you hatters we can do this Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're looking for people.